Welcome to Who Killed the Radio Star. It's the internet's number one Zelda Tears of the Kingdom recap podcast. Nope, shut up. My name is Steve Haynes, and with me, I'm hanging out with Tyler Young. They call me Little Linky Two Shoes, because all I do is play as my avatar. I actually call him Big Head Dum Dum Face, and a lot of our close friends do call him that. I, I think actually I've been called that more times than what I, Little Linky Two Shoes Face. Nope, no. Didn't say face. Anyways. He used to call you Heeb. Heed. Not Heeb. <laughs> I am not I am not Jewish. <laughs> he used to call you Heed. Uh, big old melon. Look at the size of that head. I feel like with time, my head has evened out. You know? It's big. It looks big. I got a big face. It, the head is secondary. The face is on face. the head. It's a you big old a face. Big, you do. It's a big face. You do. Looking at his face, people. Yeah. It's a bigger face than right it is now. head. Get it away from it. <laughs> we are talking inches away from each other. It's so close. Look, today we are getting into a fun little story. This isn't a conspiracy. This is something that actually happened. This is a story of ZZ Top. Wait, we're in Canada? Okay, yeah. Correct. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. That's what we call them <laughs> up here. I don't know about you Americans know that, but in Canada, we do. It's we, do. we have to. Yep. We don't have a choice. Same with the British. Same with the Aussies. But the Aussies call uh, ACDC something weird, right? Abba, Abacadabra? Nope. Akadaka. They I say, think. they say. I think it's Akadaka. Akadaka. I think that's what they call ACDC. They call them Akadaka. We're not fucking talking about ACDC. We're talking about ZZ Top. Guys, I think we should leave this in. If you picked up that on the mic, we should leave this in. That was the sound of a... What was that, a cactus on a stick? An anthropomorphic cactus on a stick that was purchased for my fiance as a back scratcher. It just fell over on its own. Yeah, that was weird. Weird timing. It's improv. It's been sitting there forever. Yeah, it's just improv. Yes, and. Yes, and cactus. That's it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, we are not talking about... We should talk about ACDC, though. How fucking sweet must it be to be the drummer for ACDC? Like who is that guy? It's just boom, it could be anyone. clap, boom, boom, clap, boom, clap. Same bull, boom, clap. The bass player is boom, not clap. doing overtime ride, either. Ride, ride, Tom, Tom. I don't know crash, if anyone in that ride. band is having a hard time. Oh yeah, it really is pretty straightforward, huh? Like yeah. you just tour forever on that set. It's more about the pyrotechnics. That's really what people are coming to see. I yeah. think rather than the actual boy instru- instrumental talent, they want to see a grown man, at least sixty plus, dressed as a schoolboy. Yeah, lots of energy, and they want to see explosions, kind of like a Michael Bay movie. When did he start wearing that schoolboy? I think right. I think pretty early. Like, because that's his, like that's his 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 actual school uniform. His, so so he's wearing that like. Tops ten years after he actually had to wear it for school, probably, probably minimum less. three or four, probably less, but yeah, Weird. I mean, yeah, and then probably somewhere in the mid twenties he donned that, and then forty years passes, <laughs> and then before you know it, you're dead, and you're still there in your little schoolboy shorts, your schoolboy man. Is he Maybe, dead? He's not. <laughs> Is he one of the youngs? <laughs> Angus Young, sure, like you. That's me. Are Wait. you related to him? You just start wearing a schoolboy uniform when we record this. Do you remember when I was a kid and I'd troll people before we knew what trolling was and say I was Neil Young's? I was related you said to Neil it all. Young. You told me that you your family owned the Beanie Baby Company because <laughs> your initials were TY. That was a good one. And I was like eight and I believed it. Yeah, I was like, what a great joke. I think I was like six. We were young. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about ZZ Top. Sorry. 
ZZ Top. Thank you. It's the last time I'll do that. <laughs> we all know them as the band with the beards and the hats. Yeah. Right? And the sunglasses. Yep. And big beards. Legs. Big hats. Well, they sing about legs. They have... Their legs are fine, all right? Their legs themselves are fine, but I don't think they're singing about their own legs in that song. No, I think literally they say, she's got legs. They, I don't want to misgender them. I don't know how they identify. Well, that's not a bit, uh, guys. It's not. It, it's not. Things are changing. It's not. Get on fucking board or take a stop off at the 40 years ago express. Well, Station? speaking of 40 years ago, that's where this story takes place, all right? Because this 19... isn't a time. eighty-three. Almost 40 years ago, in 76. So, <laughs> dear God, time is, we're going to die. It keeps on spinning, man, into the future. Can we just, like, change this into a death podcast where we just talk about our inevitable demise? <laughs> on that note, podcasts we're big fans of out there called Star Wars Minute. They cover a minute of Star Wars at a time. I just uh, learned they have a new podcast called Who Died? Oh, yeah, that that, that came out as a that's, a, that's a good bit for a podcast. It really is. That's a really, but really good, I, it's infinite content. It, and they've... They keep like bringing someone up and then they die. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of it too. Sometimes it's just like we pick topics and don't realize that like the guy we're doing the topic about died like Quite a week recently. before. Yeah. And speaking of which, a member of ZZ Top, Dust. Let me double check the name. I think it's Dusty Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Dusty Hill died. What? Dusty four months Hill, ago? Five months ago? Tw- no, twenty twenty one. So. Oh wow! O- time. Over time, guys. Over time. like fifteen months ago. Time is keeps on spinning. It's it's. Immeasurable. Wait, it's actually quite measurable. It's 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 coming for you. We're all going to die. That was 2021. I feel like I listened to a podcast talking about that recently, and maybe that's why, or like recently in the last few months, and that's why I'm thinking that. Let's see what his Wikipedia has to say. Died July 28th, 2021. So we are coming up on the two-year anniversary. I hate that. Currently over 20 months since he died, and you said what a few weeks ago. I thought I thought four or five months ago. I said. Interesting. When do you think he was born? Um, okay, so it's twenty twenty. Uh, you know what? No, no analyzing. First thought was forty eight. Forty nine. Not bad. Forty nine. Yeah, I don't want to. I was gonna do the Tyler thing where I overanalyzed my decision before I actually said it out <laughs> loud. But I was, I was like, you know what? Instantly, my brain went forty eight. Not sure why. May nineteenth, nineteen forty nine. Oh, the members is easy top. The the main three, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Dusty Hill, who we just spoke of, Big Beard. We have Billy Gibbons, right? Right. Big yeah. Beard. Big Beard. And uh, <laughs> oddly enough, we have Frank Beard. Beard. <laughs> no, that's his last name. Beard. But Frank Beard, Frank Beard. doesn't have any hair. He doesn't really He's have out, a beard. No, is, I mean, uh, if you look him up, at certain points in the career, he has had the beard. But generally, alopecia. if you look at pictures, it's the, it's, it's the other two with huge beards and sunglasses. And uh, Frank Beard in between them with with none. I mean, throughout the years, <laughs> it's a great picture. It's, gen- it's generally. I wish this was a multimedia podcast. A lot of us know them as the three of them with the big beards, but Frank Beard never See, has my, a beard. My brain always two beards and a no beard. That's Frank Beard. Yeah, who you're thinking of like look at all these pictures. Don't know if I've ever known about Frank the beard, beard thing though. Never. I don't know if he ever had the beard. See, before I made the alopecia joke, <laughs> my brain went. Albino and alpaca. He is neither of those things. <laughs> he is not. An and I mean, he's, he doesn't have alopecia not, either. He doesn't have any of them. He doesn't have any of them. And you know what? People with alopecia, one of the most beautiful women I've ever met in my life has uh, alopecia. Honestly, that's stretching it. You know what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. I mean, she's a very attractive woman, but 
<laughs> like most beautiful ever. Like, you know. Well, I mean, who is? We've That's met. Right. We've met essentially the exact same people. Pretty much. We've been <laughs> friends for twenty years, thirty years. And that's like, you know, we're getting to the point where there's going to be a time in our life where like over 90% of our existence will be spent together. I mean, it already pretty much is. That's, that we're was getting close. increasing. So Frank Beard, no beard. That is, that's the real conspiracy of what we're digging into today, right? Is that one member of ZZ Top doesn't have a beard. Oh God, and his name is Frank true. Beard. I'm going blind into this one, guys. If that's, if that's the thing, you could turn it off right now. No. Okay. It's not. Get your finger away from that space bar or that AirPod or that EarPod or that Bluetooth weird button that does all the things. But every Bluetooth headset you get has a different set of button taps for the rules. What we were talking about today is long before ZZ Top became the ZZ Top that we know today. Albeit they were already well into their careers and they were pretty successful already and they had a couple hits. I don't like all of this front loading you're doing here. (laughs) They went on a tour. That was named the Worldwide Texas Tour. Think about it. It's provocative. It's counterintuitive. Worldwide Texas. Well, the group was from Texas. And at this point, they were gaining a lot of notoriety, gaining a lot of fame. But they wanted to stay true to their Texas roots. And they wanted to share Texas with the world. So they set off on this Texas Worldwide Tour. And they thought that they would bring Texas to the world in doing so. By such as having their stage set in the shape it would, the stage was built in the shape of Texas. I like I like that. There's a lot of grooves in Texas, though. You know, like that is not. You know, know. you make a. I wonder. You how make a like, stage uh, shaped like Wyoming. Hey, hey you know, I've been on one of those before. This is a stage. Yeah, I mean, I do do that all the time. <laughs> I've even had some uh, Colorados, a little little sliver out of there. Sure. Yeah. Some New but Mexico's, a, but a Texas stage has a walking point right at the middle where you yep. can a very thin, narrow. So they were walking out on almost the, like the a dick. catwalk. I guess we can call it a dick. The dick of Texas. The dick of Texas. But then you got an arm at the side of Texas, Yeah, too. you got, you got the, the dick arm. Side stage. Because the arm and are, the dick kind of connect. Stop calling them dicks. Stop calling them dicks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Texas. Do you know about Six Flags? <laughs> yes. Yes. We all know about Six Flags. <laughs> Six Flags over Texas. We talked. I think we've talked about this. I think we have, too. <laughs> now, those would be great points of the stage to walk out in the middle of your set and do a guitar solo or maybe they would be a great point for like a bighorn sheep to walk out on i'm okay you i'm going in blind on this one i have no (laughs) idea what we're doing what are you talking about is this where we're going so along with creating the stage to look like texas another big part of texas is the wildlife and zz top thought that they would bring the wildlife to the people. Is this like a Noah's Ark, but the Ark is a Texas stage and yes. the animals are only from Texas? Two of every animal? 100%. Absolutely, yes. Except for the two of every animal part. Sometimes there were six. <laughs> um, and, you know. There's probably something really reasonable, right? Like a bug of some sort. Yeah, you think so. Well, actually, it was a buffalo. <laughs> we Wait, start off not six with buffaloes. a fucking buffalo. Not six buffalo. I believe. I think, what's the plural of buffaloes? Is it bu- bison is bison. No, buffalo is the only word in the, uh, in the fucking English language okay. that you can use six times and make a sentence. Buffalo, 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 buffalo is a real sentence, and there's a Wikipedia page for it. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. I, Let okay, me get the Wikipedia I'm not, page I'm not up. getting it. 
Buffalo, 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 Buffalo is a real sentence. Okay. It's a grammatically correct sentence in English that is often presented as an example of how homonyms and homophones can be used to create complicated linguistic constructs through lexical ambiguity. No, that's true. I, I agree with that. So do we have like a noun verb thing that we can lay out here? Buffalo, 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 Buffalo. So I feel like Buffalo is the city. So Buffalo, Buffalo. We have a city named Buffalo. Then the Buffalo is an adjective. Yeah, okay. So I'm right so far. What's yep. the third one? The second one is the animal. No, it's a verb. Okay, yeah. No, I the got those two. The second one is a noun. Yes. We have the city Buffalo. Yeah, then we Buffalo, have the Buffalo. Buffalo. I got that one. And then the third one is a verb. The verb Buffalo, meaning to outwit, confuse, deceive, oh, yeah. intimidate, or baffle. That's right. I was I was wrong with the descriptor, but okay. So they Buffalo, and then is the fourth one, or is it is it just repeating the Buffalo, 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 Buffalo? But that would only be five. The sentence is syntactically ambiguous. One possible parse. Marking each buffalo with its part of speech as shown above. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. This is a podcast. This is great podcasting. I mean, look it up. It does synactically make sense. I do agree now. Because you're basically doubling down on the buffalo. The buffaloes from Buffalo are buffaloing. And you kind of double down on that to make it make sense. Triple down, even. Yeah. You're expanding upon the idea of buffaloes from buffalo, buffaloing. Okay, so they had a buffalo with them. They also had a longhorn steer. Okay, that's a classic. That's a Texas Longhorn, University of Texas Longhorns. <laughs> gotta have it. Back to Tyler's <laughs> classic segment of naming sports teams in random cities. You gotta have, if, you, if you've got a buffalo and a longhorn steer, you gotta have several venomous rattlesnakes with you too it's a big part of texas okay yeah no that tracks yeah a couple tarantulas okay also yeah no i can see that and uh they also had six vultures who were all named oscar <laughs> now it's an interesting thing that's, six that's vultures detailed, is a lot of vultures and it's just find it weird that it's noted that they're all named oscar but they were and uh, but don't you want like six of something else i feel like vultures take up a lot of space they're birds they're gonna want to fly they're gonna go. They're gonna cook they are. They are. They're gonna go they cook on, my friend. They're definitely gonna want to fly. I don't want to. I don't want to sit in a fucking tour bus now. And it's a worldwide tour. It it's is the worldwide Texas tour. It is. Were they bringing these motherfuckers all across the globe? That was the plan. How did they pass through security through customs? Well, this tour was initially foreseen as a thirty-three date tour, but eventually became day or date. Date. Okay. 33 date tour. Okay, so you're looking at two months minimum. 33 shows, right? It eventually became a record-breaking 18-month tour. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> Those poor Oscar. <laughs> now, before we go any further, let's just say our, our source here today is a great article on Loudersound.com written by Johnny Black. Johnny, we love you. Check that out for more, more detail because this article is... Uh, We're milking you for a hot tent right now. This article is really great because it is it has quotes from so many people involved. Too many for us to even include all on the podcast. But lots and lots of first-hand accounts of people who were parts of this tour. And this tour didn't necessarily explode. We're not building up to some big disastrous event. It's lots of it's more like lots of little things that just went wrong. Yeah, cuz like it does over feel like and it, over and over and over. This would be a daily nightmare. Like we're, you yeah. know, we've both worked in music. You in fact, I think at this point I've worked in more depth music than I have. 
And yeah. and this would just be a fucking disaster well, if I, you had to went to work and this happened. Yes. Reading a lot of the, the, the stage setups here, I've done a lot of stagehand work and setting things up. It, having to roll out rattle cage, rattlesnake cages and um, have a, you know, animal wranglers and, and people escorting bighorn sheep out in the middle of uh, legs or uh, Lagrange. Like, <laughs> Lagrange, is, Lagrange fucking slaps. Lagrange is out by this point. Legs is not out, but Lagrange is out. Okay, so legs is a point. later stage. Yeah, it just feels like, I mean, I guess you kind of view it with... Uh, a certain lens being in the modern age like i feel like any of those things would require two or three humans on the payroll per animal to legally and smoothly without incident get through it but i'm assuming in what are we talking about again 76 76 there is not that level of production you know this is the thing this is what's important to the story because in 76 is when a lot of bands are pushing to do things that have never been done before. Okay. So they're trying to really improve the stagecraft. Everyone's outdoing each other because all the horrible ideas haven't been attempted yet and failed, and all the restrictions haven't been put in place. Yeah. So everyone is constantly just like doing as much cocaine as possible. I mean, like, how many fucking turkey vultures do you think we can get on the stage yeah. right now? And you're in an age where like venue owner operators are human beings. It's not a corporation with, like, diffused liability or whatever. It's just some guy named Frank who owns the Coliseum in Lexington, Kentucky, who's like, yeah, sure. I don't give a shit. Throw all those people on there, you know? Like, there is one person who's, like, actually involved as the – this is his building. Who's like – you have to go up to him and be like, hey, man, uh, so we've got, you know, a Noah's Ark going on here. Is that okay? And he's like, that sounds great. The, the, the kids are going to love it. People are going to be yeah. so impressed with this. We will hire zero security and zero <laughs> animal wranglers. Well, they did have an animal wrangler. One. Yes. His oh, name no. was Ralph Fisher. Is and, this guy uh, quoted in the article? Yeah, we have some great quotes oh, from him. Oh, fuck yes. Ralph Fisher, we started off here. He says, I was a country and western fan, a rodeo bullfighter, and a comedy entertainer at an indoor rodeo near Houston. This sounds like the equivalent of what I just described with owner-operators of arenas. This is a man who is a jack-of-all-trades of entertainment. You don't need <laughs> certification in 1976. You just do whatever the fuck you want. Spent a lot of time with Longhorns, man. Long time. About a year before the tour started, someone knocked on my dressing room door and told me that Bill Ham, the Ooh. manager of ZZ Top, great name, Bill Tasty. Ham. Mr. Ham. Mm. Monsieur he, Jambon. That Bill Ham would like to interview me. I said, ZZ, What? Oh, so, okay, this guy's got jokes. I had no idea who they were. How do you not know who ZZ Top... Well, you know, life's, life's different than the monoculture is, exists, but subgenre. I guess, like, was ZZ Top that big before life? I mean, they, they were getting... They were... They were they're they were, touring with they all were these building animals. here. They, they were, gotta have They money. were big, but they weren't what they are now. Yeah, okay. Ralph goes on to say, when I met Bill Ham two, two days later, the first thing he asked me was, can you train a buffalo? I said, yes. And he said, you're hired. Oh, no. Bill wanted a real live buffalo on stage and a live Texas longhorn. So I procured both. I rented a scissor lift so I could train them to walk up a ramp and then get on a platform. For months, we played loud rock music to them on a timer. So it would come off and on during the night along with a light show. I popped firecrackers near them, waved flags, anything to simulate what might happen in a concert. (laughs) Hucking bras at them. And the Longhorn's got a fucking bra wrapped around one of its horns. 
Just pouring cans of Budweiser on him. <laughs> I already owned several other animals for my rodeo show, including the buzzards, so it naturally fell to me to acquire all the other animals for the tour. Now, right there, so many problems. I, I imagine th- there's been enough regulations put in place now that you can't get away with doing this. Like, this is clear animal abuse. Regardless of if you're training them for the situation or not, you can't be setting fireworks off beside longhorn sheep, <laughs> pyros, light shows <laughs> of, around them just to simulate what might happen at a concert. These are not, like, I guess they're, what's, what's, there's not domesticated, right? Like, dom- was that, does that, Count as domesticated. I feel like there's a middle ground between domesticated and wild for things that are like cultivated. Well, they got jobs. They're working. They're workers. Yeah, like like pigs and sheep. I'm trying to think what They're the actors. word is. Maybe it is. Maybe Performers. it is domesticated. That's not domesticated. Performers. You can domesticate a pig though. Yeah, well, that pig and babe and babe pig in the city or babe, but they're different pigs. Both performers. Yeah. I, I saw someone walking a pig the other day when I was biking around town, and I went, that's a real choice. Pigs are pretty smart, man. Are you walking the pig, or is the pig walking you? Pigs are super smart, but, like, unless you're looking for truffles, walking a pig is, you, you're making, a, you're making, and this, the way this person was dressed, this was a choice. The lesson here is eat more bacon. Eat more bacon. Eat more spam. You know, how do you feel about spam? Spam's fucking gross, man. I had an ex-girlfriend who's, like... Whose, spam like, head family was trying to feed me spam, man, and like that really shifted. I like a, I like a, I like a dinner. That thing didn't work out, man. It was like I like a dinner. You went to like the let's impress the boyfriend dinner. And we were camping. Spam. We were camping. Okay. I a can of spam. It's not okay. That's There's okay. so many better camp. Food. It's not okay. How do you cook spam on a campfire? You just put a bunch of spam in tinfoil and hucked it in the fire. I'm like, you could put a dog on a stick. You could put anything better here. This is, is weird. I didn't eat it. I, I kind of like spam. I, I've, I've come around. I, it was something I did not eat as a child. It was not in my household. So I don't feel like I have a, you know, the, the Hawaiian culture. There's lots of Hawaiian food with spam. Wait, can you get the pineapple spam? Ooh. <laughs> Excuse me? Guys, we're going to shut the podcast down here for a bit because I got to do some Google. I think you can get a spam that comes with a little pineapple. Like a little, in it? I don't know. Or I, around I just it? I feel like I've seen the, the can of spam <laughs> with the little pineapple piece. Pineapple spam. Anything? Do we got anything? I mean, I know that like pineapple and spam are, salt, are served together. Uh, spam less sodium and no, that's probably a recipe. And it's a lot of recipes. I think you might be making this up as like a, a wrong, prepackaged yeah. delivered thing, but like the Hawaiian culture, spam is really big. And I think I I heard at one point it's something to do with World War Two. I might be making that I up. I, no, I think I've heard that. Like something about because like spam was with made Hitler, as right? A, Hitler liked spam. <laughs> oh God, he was, just, he was humoring me, guys. Uh, no, like spam was part of the military like meal kit because it's you know general spam. High right? quality. Oh Jesus! I think he was. I think like, you're thinking of Zod. <laughs> oh yeah. Same yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. There's a lot of like Hawaiian food that like comes with spam because it's been like part of their their meal plan. <laughs> Meal plan. Jesus Christ, Tyler. Go okay. to fucking bed. Now you'll you'll like this to to prepare and uh, rehearse for this massive tour. They rented out the Houston Astrodome Arena. Okay, guys. So time for Tyler's corner again. We're gonna go a little bit of the history of the Astrodome. There we go. There we go. So the Astrodome. It's a football. It's in, a football stadium. Uh, it's a multi-purpose stadium. Thank you. very Well, clearly much. because they were training it's goats. Football, in it. baseball, and goat training. Yeah, and vultures. Uh, it was, uh, I think, it was the world's first retractable roof. Wow, well, um, are you talking stadium? about the Sky Dome? 
No, this is before that. Toronto, or maybe maybe it was that the Astrodome was like wanted to be the first one. Rogers Center. Shit. Yeah, we don't call it that. As a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays, we I refuse to call it Rogers Center. But now, actually, we just passed I think a year ago that it's been Rogers Center longer than it's been in the Sky Dome, and I fucking hate that fact. I hate it so much. And there's, a, did you know? Oh, guys, I'm well, shut, shut up. I'm opening tabs here. Shut up. There is a statue of Ted Rogers, the founder of Rogers Media, in front of the Sky Dome. And there are no statues of any of the Toronto Blue Jay legends that I've played there. Or, frankly, the Argo legends. Ted Rogers is important to some people. And he, I think it's it's I think it's like a stereotypical, like, he's holding a child and, like, has a butterfly on his finger. Like, it's really over the top. Like, it's like he, lo- he was loved by all. Ted Rogers, we love him. Fucking ridiculous. Anyways. So... Part of the the stage production, they built a huge backdrop to illustrate Texas behind them. It was made of nine fabric frames, each 20 feet high and 30 feet long. It was painted to be a landscape of Santa Elena Canyon Okay. in Big Bend National Park on the Rio Grande. Her name is Rio. Her Grande. There's, uh, you know, it's so the Rio much, Grande, I think. So much mispronunciation. Well, it's like, is the song Lagrange, Lagrange or Lagrange? Well, that's the thing. Like with Lacroix, like, you know, they call it Lacroix. So they're, they're doing half the work, you Americans sometimes. They're like, we're not going to call it Lacroix. But then they're like, we know there's an accent in there, so we're going to call it Lacroix. But in reality, that word is pronounced Lacroix. But they don't do the work. They do the half work. And Texas is such a fucking jimble jamble of of, of cultures and countries and and especially back then and uh, landscapes. You know, you know, a lot of people just think Texas. They think they think cowboys on the range, but that's not what Texas is all about. They got forests, they got rivers, they got Greenland. Not the little country Greenland is not encapsulated no, inside of Texas. Land that's green. They also have a lot of uh, guns. <laughs> yeah, a lot of guns. They like their guns. But yeah, you got also, your, uh, also six flags. Six, they have, they six, have flags. six separate flags. Yep. We got your. We got Brooklyn. We got Manhattan. We got Staten Island. We got Queens. We got the Bronx. Yep. And we've got uh, Jersey City. We've got to pick six. I don't know what the sixth borough of New York would be if there had to be one. Maybe Yonkers. Yonkers. There is one listener from. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Who's having a great time right now. Okay, so the stage that we mentioned that was shaped like Texas, it was shaped like they Texas. They wanted people to see that it was shaped like Texas, right? So, so was there, there a lean to it? There was a lean. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, there was a lean. It was set at a six-degree angle so that people oh, could clearly see man, the shape. Oh, man, that cannot right? be fun to play on. Your calves would just be dying at the end of that tour. Well, Billy Gibbons goes on to, to explain how the, that you needed certain tiptoeing techniques to move around it. Going forward and backing up was okay, but the sideways movements, when the stage mm, was tilted like that, that tracks. you had to be careful not to twist your ankle yeah. and just bail down that thing. It's just enough to fuck you up. Now, Bill Ham's management company was called Lone Wolf. Uh, he missed a, an opportunity there to do something with Ham. You really, really did. Lone ham? Oh, way better. <laughs> now, the logo was a wolf howling, silhouetted by a full moon. Turns so, out he was the first person to do that. So, this is they, actually the origin story of that. They, they wanted a, a full moon painted on plywood to go behind the whole setup there. Okay. And the idea was to train a wolf to sit in front of it, throw its head back, and howl. Mm-hmm. You know, probably like in the middle of Lagrange. Yep. 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 But of course, you can't train a wolf. They're wild beasts. They Unless are. 
Your name is Mowgli. He trained a bunch of wolves. He lived with them. He he was a he was a wolf boy. He literally was a, the OG wolf boy. But they couldn't train a wolf, so instead they got a German Shepherd dog instead. Same thing. It's pretty close. I mean, it's a descendant of a wolf. And you know, the Wrangler did the best he could with it. Um, he was like, you know, I'll try. <laughs> this German Shepherd is actually really ill-tempered. We probably so, should have picked a better dog. So, so while they're out there painting this wolf onto onto a piece of plywood, the Wrangler was poking this dog under the chin with a bent-out coat hanger and howling at him. <laughs> what? Was that training? The dog was so eager to please, but he could not for the life of him figure out what this man wanted him to do. He was poking him in the chin? With a coat hanger. And just howling and being like, do this! Tap, tap. Howoo! Tap, tap. Howoo! It's also worth noting that on this tour, with it being the 18-month debacle that it was, so many bands were involved as as supporting and... Being around this entire... So many! Like, it's, it's like all of them. You got your Rolling Stones. Nah, not you that. You got your Beatles. <laughs> no, You got that. your Led Zeppelin. But as on, your... on brand for us, Leonard Skinner. Oh. They were involved not okay. too long ago. Okay. Was um, it was it like real Leonard Skinner or was it the zombie Leonard Skinner that came after? This was 1976, so this is real Leonard Skinner. The disastrous crash happened in 1977. Okay, we're talking like right before then. Yeah, we're, we're talking right before. This is when they were blowing up. This is when... Yeah, is this what Freebird's about? Uh, I think it might when they yeah, when hold they on, because this might be about when they released of, Oscar. I think this might be about one of the Oscars. You got to be careful. We can't just say Oscar because there's a lot of Oscars involved in the story. I think the plural of Oscar, much like Bison, is just Oscar, a, a flock of Oscar. Yes, you are correct. A murder of Oscar, a parliament of Oscar. So the Texas-shaped stage, once it was laid down, and this happened on every date. It had to be decorated with fiberglass boulders, cactus plants, <laughs> cow skulls, every kind of Texan paraphernalia you can think of. And then while the stage was in complete darkness, they would push out a plexiglass pyramid full of rattlesnakes down to the bottom <laughs> tip of Texas. So down on the tip, like you're talking a about. A plexiglass pyramid of rattlesnakes. Yes. Is that also the name of a group of rattlesnakes? A murder of crows? Yes. A plexiglass pyramid. A plexiglass pyramid. Yeah, that's what you call them. <laughs> the stagehands would have to try to get off stage in the darkness without bumping into any of the band as they're coming on. And oh, this is no. a part I can really relate with. It sounds just... It sounds awful. You think they're in stage blacks at this point, or are they just in denim jeans and a white t-shirt they're like Matthew in, McConaughey? Well, they're in denim blacks. Black <laughs> denims. Full black Canadian And tuxedo. you're still just getting your day right, right? You're not getting any rattlesnake danger pay. Nothing oh, like yeah, that. yeah. No, you're just paid to deal with whatever happens that day. Oh, turns out ZZ Top's in town. You're going to go have to wrangle a bunch of rattlesnakes into a fucking pyramid. Now, they did have animal How rights did they groups. release them? Or was it just in no, the pyramid? No, they didn't get released. They stayed in the glass pyramid. Okay, so it's like a glass pyramid with like yeah. holes punched in it or something. Yes, I-, I pictured yes. the pyramid opening like a lotus. And then oh, the rattlesnakes. Trading the rattlesnakes to stay on the Texas-sized stage. Or Texas-shaped stage, not Texas-sized. Now, there were animal rights groups constantly present to make sure that all the animals were being properly taken care of. And that's a good thing. That is a thing. Uh, also in the pitch black dark, this is from the animal wrangler himself, Ralph Fisher. He says, meanwhile, also in pitch dark, me and my helper had walked the longhorn and the buffalo up the ramps 
onto the scissor lift platforms on either side of the stage and raise them up maybe 25 feet above the band. <laughs> a buffalo, 25 feet above ZZ Top. Just moaning with sadness. <laughs> the full moon plywood board sat in the middle of the darkened stage. The plan was that a spotlight would pick out the dog howling and Billy Gibbons would pick up on that note and go into the first number. Oh my god, there's so much cocaine involved <laughs> in this story. Right on cue, the dog trotted out, German Shepherd. He sat down, he threw his head back, but he never did learn how to howl, so the howling was actually on tape. It was it was pre-recorded. I just feel like that's a better idea in general. I should have just done that from the get-go. Like, how many you people are really going to hear the just howl? have a plastic wolf and just sit it down. And then just play a howl, and then just kick it over so no one sees. <laughs> I feel like they're vastly overestimating the decibel level of a real wolf howl. Like, if you're right beside a wolf and it howls, how loud is that? I mean, you, you do it's hear it. Be, you hear it, like, all over the place. But you, but you hear it in situations where there is no sound whatsoever. Yeah. If you just, if, you, if the wolf howled and then you walked out and just went, ah! Like, people would hear it in the same, uh, that were that distance away from you, right? Like, would. I don't think it would be too much different. Well, th- this, despite the, the pre-recorded howling, it seemed to, it, like, it, it worked. At that moment, the lights came on for a couple seconds, and then they dimmed right back down. It created the silhouette they wanted. The sun rose above Santa Elena Canyon, and it was a spectacular sight to behold. Then... Billy changed to another note, which caused one of the vultures to hunch up, unfold his wings, and flap them. Wait, was this like scheduled every every night? This would happen that that vulture <laughs> no, just like really like that it, note. It, it would, but this is the first night. On that note, the other buzz the other buzzards picked up from that, and they all did it at the same time. And it was astounding to see it actually like worked out. It all it all worked out. It was just like a, a German Shepherd howling with an awesome silhouette, bunch of vultures all like, and so I'm assuming this didn't like happen a lot. Then, judging by the way you're presenting the story, this got shut down pretty quickly. Well, there's lots of different things that happen constantly. Um, you know, Billy Gibbons then goes on to say, we'd look up and we'd look at those birds and we'd think, what happened if these critters got spooked and decided to take a flying leap? <laughs> Just fucking gouge your eyes out with their talons. <laughs> you're thinking about this now, Billy, when you're on stage after months of planning. You're like, you know, this could go bad. Huh. <laughs> you know? Uh. Well, because it was, it, it did look so beautiful, reportedly, that, you know, when those spotlights hit the animals... People, the crowd went nuts, and for about 30 seconds, the lights would stay on them before the show really got going and would start, and before the band would start playing, and it was it was actually like a really good moment where they were like, fuck yeah, Texas. I'm going to reassume an, an old character from this podcast, who I'm now going to name, I'm going to call him Gary, and Gary is that guy who's just like, I remember 1976, I'm at the fucking Astrodome, uh, Gary, I'm going to see Gary, last name Denim. Gary, last name Denim. Gary Denim. Gary Denim. <laughs> Gary Denim. I was, I, you, know, you don't fucking understand, man. I was at the Astrodome in 1976. And when ZZ Top hit that note. rehearsals, man. And those fucking vultures. <laughs> I knew that I'd seen the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Until I saw Leonard Skinner's last concert in Mississippi. I'm going to I'm going to guess we said Mississippi. I don't no. remember. It was Louisiana, remember? It was supposed to be Louisiana. It was Baton Rouge. Oh yeah, Baton Rouge. They were selling those tickets. <laughs> the red stick. Now, from Billy Gibbons, one evening in Richmond on June 3rd, 1976, this one rather sizable turkey buzzard 
decided to take flight. He was making circles around the dome of the arena, and Ralph Fisher, the animal Jesus wrangler, came fucking out. Christ. He trained this buzzard to look for a white hat and land on his head. But Instead. in our audience at the time, there were a lot of white hats. It was a bald man. <laughs> this buzzard was swooping and circling. He didn't know which white hat to land on. Oh, no. Finally, we Why had to... would you choose a white hat? I know. When, you're, when you got that crowd and, and you're, you're going for it, you're pull, trying to pull in a country, Texas crowd, southern crowd, white cowboy hats are going to be rampant. Do like something fucking flamboyant and non-existent in the real world, like a rainbow poncho or some shit or like a pork pie hat no one's wearing that yeah probably not at that maybe, point maybe no. a bowler cap this is pre-hipster pre-emo yeah. maybe one of the little real scully emo. the little british caps right peaky blinders hadn't come out yet no, no one was wearing true. them what's that what's that what's that pre-emo thing mods no mods we're pre-mod we're way pre-mod finally we had to stop playing and ralph came out into the spotlight and whistled to the bird to land on his head it made the rest of the evening rather challenging how do you outdo a bird that knows how to land on a guy's hat Oscar! 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 No, not you. No. Uh, no. Other Oscar! Oscar 4. Oscar! Oscar 4, come here. <laughs> From Dusty Hill, there were six buzzards, all named Oscar. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, six. Seven, eight, nine. It's the ten <laughs> Oscar buzzards. So, so Hold did on. they have. He s- says, My buzzard didn't like me. Buzzards are okay, shitty birds. You've already answered my question. I walked back near him one day, and he tried to throw up on me. It's a fucking vulture, you <laughs> like. I was gonna ask if the six separate Oscars were like rotating. You know, like you had your, your main Oscar, and then like they gave him a break till the next show. No, you just answered that. He just said his buzzard. So they're each person had a buzzard, I suppose. Or yeah, they all, I guess, or did the, they claim the them? They or? sort of had buzzards in their area of the stage. Did they have a buzzard draft? <laughs> Yeah, well, they all picked Oscar. I'm picking Oscar five. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my first pick, Oscar. Oh, god, well, yeah, good, good pick, good pick. Honestly, good good for job. me, second pick, I'm gonna have to go with um, Oscar. Oh, boo! Controversial. Ooh. No, don't like it. No, you should have picked Oscar. At draft pick three, we have Oscar. Hey, that's off the board. We didn't yeah. even think an Oscar was gonna pick, get picked. Ralph Fisher, the animal wrangler, says the rattlesnakes were our most dangerous animals, so we'd always make a spectacle of putting them in and out of their cage. And we'd make sure that one of them would escape. Then we'd make a big show of recapturing it, because it always made for good publicity. The wow. headlines the next day would always read, Rattlesnake Escapes at ZZ Top Concert. God, I wish I was alive at this It point. was the 70s, man. It was just like, you could do this. Post-Coke pre-AIDS is the fucking... If that's the zone right that there. The zone. That's if, where you're if you're in. 20, it, like you're, you're 20 when cocaine shows up and you have no idea how bad it is. But it's also super pure because you don't have to cut it with a million things to make money. What a time to be alive. You got rattlesnakes. You got rattlesnakes on stage. You're paying like the equivalent. like You're paying like $3 or whatever. But like even like with the inflation, the equivalent is like $25 to see ZZ Top. (laughs) But like in an arena show. Because back Uh, then people were like, oh, 25 bucks was like 500 bucks. No, that's what I'm saying is that it was the equivalent of our $25. But people were just dumb. And they were like, I don't know if I want to spend $25 for one night of entertainment. It seems like quite a bit of money. I got to build a shed next weekend, you know? That's true. One of the big problems here was that they couldn't transport the snakes in the cattle trailer along with all the other animals because it upset the longhorn and the buffalo. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So? You wouldn't want that predator being directly (laughs) next to you. 
when you're already on a fucking bus. <laughs> Traveling the world, mind you. So the head of security instead brought along a long steel toolbox, drilled holes in both ends, and stuck biohazard stickers all, all over it. What? And then filled it with the rattlesnakes. <laughs> oh, no. He'd fly oh, from show God. to show carrying this case, so people were not inclined to mess with him. But the air conditioning didn't always work, so the snakes would occasionally overheat, get irritated, and begin to rattle. To cover it up, he would make loud, wet, farting noises with his mouth to keep everybody on the plane at bay. So he's just holding this box and going... You have to keep in mind, this is a man sitting on a plane. All of a sudden, you hear... And people are looking around going, Is there rattlesnakes over there? And there's a man just sitting there going... Oh boy! Oh, what did I eat? Oh, I had a lot of chili last night. Uh, so much spam. Oh, the spam and beans. That's a snake. That's my bowels. Oh, oh. Too, too much of that pineapple spam. This is insane. <laughs> this is insane. How much we have completely just like milked out of this fucking dumbass thing that's real. This is one of our longest episodes. This is incredible. <laughs> I have never crazy. heard of this story. Like most of the stories, guys. I'm gonna let you, guys, come on over here. Steve's over. Come on. Steve's going to go around the corner. Guys, you know, listen to me. Most of these things, I, I, you know, I say I don't know about them. I know about them. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You know, I, I'm getting into the groove of the podcast. I had no fucking clue about this one. This one's amazing. <laughs> this is a crazy one. This is not even a conspiracy theory. This is just an this insane. This is a wild thing story. So, Bill Ham ruled over the tour with an iron fist. We started with Bill Ham, <laughs> and we're ending with. A toolbox with holes drilled into it, filled with rattlesnakes on a plane, but this is a and a thing. man making fart noises with his mouth. <laughs> but, but, but this is a crazy thing here, because despite all these like weird loose ends and stuff, Bill Ham ruled with an iron ham fist, right? The, the band, the crew, everyone. He had rules for everything. He didn't even allow the band to have beer, ever. <laughs> After the show, they would collect women from the audience and invite them backstage to meet the band, shoot a bunch of photos with them. Meet the snakes. Then he would take them. Yeah, meet the Talk snakes. To Oscar. Yeah, meet the Oscars. But then he would take he would take the band away and confine them to their hotel rooms. And the girls were just standing there amazed. And they were kind of like, uh, I thought we were going to like, I thought, you know. I thought I was going to Bill Ham this guy. Bill Ham was like, we don't want, I don't want them partying too late. <laughs> I thought I was going to Bill Ham Dusty Hill. We really are just pulling this a lot from the, the article on LouderSound.com. I really encourage you guys to check it out because it's, it's so in detail and there's so much about this show here. We have a part here about a concert promoter named Rich Angler who he worked the show at the Three Rivers Stadium in uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, home of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Roberto team. Clemente. <laughs> yeah, I got the Pirates. They're coming up. Go to Clemente Bridge. Roberto Clemente Bridge has a bike lane. And the bike lane guy that's that's painted on the road, he's got a little he's got a little baseball hat and some and some stirrups. It's a good touch. Wow. Well, this one Aerosmith were supporting the show, and this is another time where Aerosmith comes into one of our episodes. Jaded. Once again, another opportunity for me to say jaded. Once again, this time Aerosmith's management demanded their own dressing rooms. Which was not possible because Easy Top had taken over everything. So Rich Engler told them, he, again, he's a concert promoter. He told them he'd build them a special area out back. And each one of them would get his own Winnebago plus a jacuzzi, a barbecue, and some girls. Incredible. And what does that mean? And girls? You know, I, I was wondering <laughs> if it was a typo. 
a typo that was supposed to say a barbecue and grills. (laughs) But it does say girls. Oh, boy. Um, You had big problems out front here. You had ZZ Top, beer drinkers, and uh, concert goers just all causing causing hell. Just those Winnebago's were just like a fucking, like seven or eight Winnebago's of death. (laughs) Just like a, a makeshift tent area at three rivers stadium this was like greasy chemistry that got everything all just like this was this was this one was a mess aerosmith they face a barrage of beer bottles beer cans and uh some fireworks also shot at them uh halfway through their set the power went out this sounds great <laughs> it turned out that a zz top head had crawled underneath the stage and he pulled all the cables out and he was like fuck aerosmith what is that about <laughs> just like he's like I don't enjoy what I'm listening to. I am going to actively <laughs> crawl. I'm shutting stage. it down, man. I'm, I'm going in. Fucking Mission Impossible, <laughs> Tom Cruise. Doesn't matter that this movie's not out yet, man. I'm going to take this shit down from inside out, underneath. <laughs> this guy This guy sounds like a fool. He doesn't even know that Mission Impossible, the movie series, is based on a television show from, like, the 50s. This guy. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at him just like I am, right? Guys, you know. So again, from the promoter, Rich Engler. Mission Impossible television show. When ZZ Top were on stage. Yeah, we all remember that show from the fucking 70s. <laughs> but Tom Cruise wasn't in it. No. Rich Engler says, when ZZ Top were on stage, my assistant comes running up. He says, you got to come backstage right away. I arrive at de-plane, the... Deplane, <laughs> deplane. No. <laughs> I arrive at the Aerosmith encampment. And right as I arrive, I see a chair come flying through the windscreen of a Winnebago. <laughs> They racked two or three of them and squirted ketchup and relish all over the insides. Their manager, David Krebs, demands his check for the remaining portion of the fee. I say, do you see the damage they've done? And he says, I see it. And you deserve it. You didn't read the rider, did you? The towels were light blue. We ordered dark blue. Oh, boy. I said, I'll send your check when we've subtracted all the damage they've done. It came to around 15 grand. Now, should we pull the towel curtain back a little bit here? We should pull the towel curtain back a bit. So, okay. So, my fiance, who is the OG music person in in our lives. The reason we ever work music gigs is because of her. She's been involved in the industry for two decades. I think we're coming up on three. Yeah. She is the primary towel renter in our city. So, you go towel renter. Stage towels. What are you talking about? Well, all towels. What are you talking about? Well, talking about towels. We're talking about towels. A group of artists don't want to lug towels around because you know they get wet, they get heavy. So now well, you, you can't. Like on, on tour, you can't bring towels with you because you you bring them on every night. They need them on stage. Yep. They wipe them down. They wipe themselves. You down, also need them for sweaty. the showers. You need them for the showers too. Well, those are like, stage. You know, we have stage towels with bath towels. Yeah. Right? So stage towels are black. They're small. They're like they're not quite. They're like hand towels. They're not face towels. Yep. They're like a little bit bigger. They're like a medium. But you always want a black. You don't want a white stage towel. You need a black stage towel because you're on a stage that's that's black. So you want to hide them a little bit. Next time you guys go to a show, you take a look. Take a look. You're gonna see them. They're take everywhere. A look. Don't so, be one of these people that tries to take them and then be like, I have, you know, Lil Nas X's towel. Because I'll tell you what, I had to wash those towels in my shitty fucking washing machine. Yeah. And I've used them for all sorts of other things. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're not his towels. It's like it's like four in the morning on like like some random Saturday night and I'm half drunk and I'm doing towels for my fiance to help her. And I'm just like pulling out these wet towels and I'm like, I might be touching... David Carradine's ass right now. 
<laughs> well, I don't know. Well, re- <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, but yeah, no, you get these towels that are just like, because what they do is they, you know, you rent them out. You rent them out a dozen at a time. You get anywhere from like a dozen to three. Oh. And everyone's showering with them. We're talking artists. We're talking stagehands. We're ta- anyone on tour, usually like almost every venue you go to to watch a show has a shower on site. Even ones you don't think would have them. Like, there are some, like, borderline, like, that things well, that are bars. They order them just in case. Just in case they need them, right? Yeah, you gotta have more, Look, more is better. I'm saying, once again, don't be one of these people that takes those towels, because both of us many times have had to be on towel duty and hunt down the towels. Hunt, and hunt the towels. You're running around on stage after the show's done, and everyone's out there going, one more song! One more song! And, and they're looking going. at you like you have an answer, and you're going, I'm just here for towels. Just, I, I, I want to go home and go to bed. And you can only find 11 out of the 12, and it's because some asshole out there is holding on to it because they think that they have Jeff Buckley's towel. Rest in peace. Yeah. But, you know, it's just leave the towels alone. Ahmed the dead terrorist. He's, that was a good bit that he did. Duh. But yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, yeah, so this whole light blue, dark blue towel thing is hilarious because you will have specialized, like we do in our stock, so we have literally my basement has, I'd say about a thousand it's towels. It's all towels, it's all towels. A thousand might be pushing it, but honestly, it's like No, 500. it's not pushing it because a lot of them are stage towels and they're tiny. It's, the it's square true. foot of a stage towel so many is towels small. in my house. Also, which is really great, anytime you need like a, a crappy towel to do something with, I got a million options. But some people will specifically say white sage towels. And you go, wait a minute. It's very interesting. Slow down. They like a white bath towel. Almost exclusively white bath towels. No. You get some people who don't care and you'll like throw some pastel colors in there, you know, no. some pinks, some no. light greens, some baby blues. But you can blues. see here, light blue, that ended everything. We have like probably 24 light blue towels. But in order to actually isolate them for an event, we would have to dig through 500 towels to find the specific light blue ones. But this is really funny because this is the shit my fiance and by proxy I and you yeah. have to deal with all the fucking time. All the time. Because they want you to read the rider. And sometimes it's a test. The it's- riders are always bullshit. You do. You print the same rider that you send out to every fucking date and half of it doesn't, half of it doesn't apply. And listen... Artists out there putting PS5s on your router, fucking stop doing, doing that. We know who you are. We're not going to put it, say it here, but I know who you are, and I know what you're doing. And every time I tell your TM, I can't get you a PS5, and then you know what they say? That's fine. Don't even put it on there. They do it. It's bullshit. Don't. Guys, it's fucking bullshit. The shit we have to deal with with these people, I get it. But here's the other thing that people don't realize, is that riders generally... Are not like a separate chart. Like they come out of the money that the artist well, they, is making. They pay for it. Yeah, they, they pay, pay for, for it. it. And I don't think sometimes the artists even know that they pay for it. They think it's all like part of the the bit of playing. But, It'd be pretty sweet though if every night in your show you just gave someone in the crowd a PS5, like handed it to them. You over there. <laughs> you get a PS5 and God of War six. Hey, dun 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 dun. Okay, so you're gonna like this part coming up. Not this first part, but so following that story with the with the smash glass of the Winnebago and everything and that crazy show, the next day the newspapers reported that 250 people had been injured by broken glass, and there were so many overdoses and broken noses and so on and so on. I think the 250 injuries was just across the board. Overdoses, broken now, noses. Doctor Joseph Feingold. Dr. Joseph. He's the physician overdoses, for the broken Pittsburgh. noses. Doctor Joseph. He's a physician for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, hello. Was in 1976, of course. Dr. Joseph Feingold. He probably knew Roberto Clemente. He says, 
It was the most horrible thing I have seen since World War II. Okay, so I we're really... I was so busy, I could have had a heart attack. I had three well-trained nurses, and they were shocked. Rajangler says, when we checked, only about 98 people had received treatment at the stadium, and only about 36 were taken to the hospital. Those are not great numbers. <laughs> he's like he's like stating it as a point of pride, but come on, those are, that's, that's a bad ratio of injured to non-injured. And Billy Gibbons says, the next day, it was a game at the stadium, and the players complained because the animals had gotten loose and put divots in the field. Oh, hey, I would your Buffalo hate that. just escaped and he's making third base. That's a quote. I would fucking hate that so much. <laughs> like, I actually, like, really sympathize with the Imagine the Buffalo the divots. Pirates. Buffalo oh, divots. Oh, my God. Longhorn goat divots. I've almost lost my teeth so many times to shitty fields that are unmanicured. And if a fucking buffalo ran through it, that'd just be deadly. <laughs> Another quote here. By this time of the tour, some of the live cacti we used on stage were starting to look bad. So if we were staying in a hotel that had a healthy looking cactus, so if we were staying in a so if we were staying in a hotel that had a healthy looking cactus, in the dead of night we'd dig it up and replace it with our alien no. cactus. That's how we kept good looking cacti on the stage. Oh, oh my God! So this is like the first half of the tour was probably southwestern. On the second leg of the tour. In Fort Worth, on November 28, 1976, there was a brand new convention center with huge sliding doors all the way to the roof. By that point, Bill Ham's paranoia about fans pursuing the band was such that he was hiring nine stretch limos for every show. He would put the boys individually in three of them. Wasn't Bill Ham the trainer? He's the manager. Who's the trainer? Ralph. Fisher. Ralph. Fisher's the trainer, Ham's the manager. Okay, all right, all right. I'm getting, I'm getting my my meat names mixed up here. Okay, for a second there, I was like, why does the animal trainer have the power to hire nine limousines? <laughs> so he would put the boys individually in three of the limos, then six decoy limos in the others, Ugh. just to try to make sure the band would get safely from place to place. I'd like to think that they put a buffalo in one of the limos. Just <laughs> like his head sticking out of the sunroof. Doing the prom thing. So all these limos are lined up backstage at Fort Worth. And as they were leading the buffalo onto the scissor lift for rehearsal, which is a real sentence, <laughs> the animal jerked his nose ring out. So he's throwing his head around in pain, snorting and wild-eyed. He sees this tall strip of light streaming in through the doors in the distance, and he heads straight he for it. makes a break for charging. it. Charging. Between him and the light, of course are the limos with the drivers inside. Oh, God. He charges right between the first two, but then gets jammed in between the next two. The driver wakes up from his nap, looks over, and not five inches from his face is this insane buffalo. (laughs) Sneezing and blowing blood all over the window. Because his nose ring is ripped out. Incredible. He had the presence of mind to lock the door so at least he couldn't get inside. What the fucking buffalo is going to... Like, if the buffalo's getting into the car, it's not going to be from opening the fucking door. It's going to be from barreling through the front windshield and snorting blood all over it's you. It's fucking insane. There's so many... The thing is, though, there's so many incidents, but none of them are big enough to really make the headlines and have everything shut down. Right. Billy Gibbons says, when we started getting into the cold weather, the rattlesnakes went into hibernation, and they were rather lifeless. Where do you go to find lively rattlesnakes? Well, sure enough, there was a guy in South Texas that ran a rattlesnake farm. 
and it was still warm down south. And he said, you need some? Sure, I'll send you some fresh ones. He's so they sh- now started shipping out <laughs> He's FedExing rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes across that the seasonally country. were not in hibernation, so they could get out there and perform on, oh on stage God. in their glass pyramids. God, the fucking animal rights activists were not doing their jobs. But But you know what? At the end of the day, it all worked out. It's you're right. People were not doing their jobs to the extent that we know them now. But this was 1976, so it was a little different. People were dumb. People were. There's just a lot of blurred lines. And there were a lot of a lot of loopholes and, and a lot of white lines, if you know what I and, mean. And Ralph Fisher, the animal wrangler, who you know at the beginning we noted his other accolades, and you know he he is what it is. But he says at the end, I was left with nothing but the highest respect for that band. They were gentlemen. They treated everyone honestly. I never once saw any of the band doing drugs. I only saw them doing business, getting on planes, performing. They'd have a pretty good party after it was all over, though. Doesn't get into those details, but I'm pretty sure that one of them did cocaine off of a rattlesnake. But that's (laughs) allegedly. Allegedly? We're not saying yes or no here. Now, by uh, by the time the tour ended, after about 18 months later... ZZ Top had played 89 shows to a total of 1.2 million people, which was a record at the time. Jesus. Plans to bring it to Europe didn't really work (laughs) out because of uh, quarantine restrictions. Because you can't just, like, bring a foreign wild animal and just trash the ecosystem of the country you're visiting. Austria just gets rattlesnakes. Enjoy. Rolf Fischer was subsequently inducted into the Texas Rodeo cowboy hall of fame and he still runs his longhorn animal training business wow in 2006 zz top ended their lengthy relationship with bill ham see you later willie ham but he still continues to run his own management company in houston and of the six vultures called oscar one of them now more than 45 years old still regularly appears in tv commercials and movies what are you what (laughs) a vulture couldn't what? Yeah, vultures can live a long time. I guess, like, if you're gonna have a vulture in like a TV show or whatever, you're gonna want to train one that's super old and does not want to do anything. He's an actor. He wants to do one thing: act. It's old as shit. Although a lot of vultures, I think, typically only live about between. It's all over the place. It really depends on the type of vulture. So this is like a hundred and fifty year old vulture. vulture can live thirty years. Your regular black vultures live in ten years. Okay, yeah. So I think a king I think vulture these are turkey, is what? I think these are turkey buzzards. I mean, there's a lot of, like, we're not from Texas, right? So we don't no. know. No, we're not orthonologists we're or, 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 or an orinthologists. We're not. We are but podcasters and also explorers. Podcastologers. I forgot to mention, but I've been wearing my Steve Irwin hat this whole time. It's true, yeah. Exploring the world. This is just a crazy story. You know, at the end of the day, it could have went a lot worse. Animals could have died. People could have died. Yep. But it ends Eyes up just being this crazy out. story that is kind of just fun in the, in the in the grand scheme of things. Yep. But that's where we're going to leave it today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and making it to the end of this wild story with us. Of course, you can write into us at wktrspod at gmail.com. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Thank you for listening once again, and we will see you next week. Steve Harvey is actually a mummy vampire werewolf. 